Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 263. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk football for the next two hours. Uh, we got a couple of people that are out and about and doing all sorts of wonderful things, but hey, you know what? We got our hardcore football fans here. You know, this week was a little slow. Was and wasn't. Um, only three games. It's that new buy thing, right? They got three buys in a year. So on, um, what is this, week four, week five? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, week four, uh, there was uh, only three teams played. In week nine, only three teams play. And week 14, only three teams play. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of like, you guys remember back before Ottawa came back, we used to have a bye. Uh, there was a bye week where half the teams sat and half the teams played. And then the next week, half the teams that teams that sat played and the teams that Anyhow, that kind of that, that was kind of cool because you could do that with uh, even teams. But now we're back to nine. You can't really do that. So they're kind of doing this a little differently. It's kind of cool. It's kind of neat. We'll see what happens. Uh, if if and when we if if we get a 10th team or when we get a 10th team, I think we're going to get one. I just don't know if it's going to be in Halifax because I've always said that's a dumb place to have a team. Um, and it seems the premier of the province believes so too anyhow um so we could go back to having a, a an even number of buys and that would kind of work out a little bit better and anyhow but that's another story another day and we're going to d- discuss that one later so we had three games they were good games i i'm kind of impressed with them uh well not really the calgary ottawa game i picked ottawa to win it boy did i blow that one eh um toronto and and edmonton i picked toronto but you know hey it was close it was down to the single point at the end and uh, let's face it when the game's on the line and the ball's in mike riley's hands edmonton's gonna win simple as that you know i don't know why anybody would think any different because that's what mike riley does he goes out and he wins football games and if he's got the ball at the end of the game it's because he's winning Anyhow, and then the Bombers and the BC played, and that was a good game, and we'll talk about these later. Um, wow. Anything interesting happened on the games? I don't know, but I enjoyed them. Got to watch most of them. And, uh, hey, I got my iPad working, so I can walk around the, the house watching them, pissing off everybody in the house at the same time. Uh, that's cool. It's kind of fun. Uh, okay, so let's... Uh, Enough of this. I'm not going to bark about all sorts of things. There is a couple of things I'm going to bitch about. We'll probably get to it later in the in the show. Um, that uh, I put up a video on on Let's Talk, and it's gone back and forth at a few different times and anything else. So um, anyhow, we got Will online, and we got Chris. Charles is going to be about 15 minutes late, and Mark is not going to show up this night. He, I mean, the Bombers lost, so he's whining and crying. Crying in his beer, coffee, whatever. So, uh, yes, yeah, he says he's not going to come and participate because his feelings are hurt. Uh, we are just off air. We were just talking about political correctness, and it just it's just not working for me anyhow. So, uh, yeah, 
crying in his milk. Uh, Will, welcome to the show, buddy. Hello, Christopher. <laughs> he shouldn't take on Mark like that. Come on. He's your buddy. Bomber fan. He is my buddy. Yes, he is he my is. buddy. Love him to bits. You know, yes, he is. he's a great, he's a great guy, but he is but a bomber always, fan. And when he DC plays bombers, you've got to go at excuse. him. He always seems to have an excuse why he's not on when the bombers lose. Okay. I know. It's, and I just, it's kind of funny. That's just terrible. I mean, hey, you know who was on the show the last two years when Calgary won the Great Cup on Great Cup Sunday. You know who was always there, right? I yeah, was Will. there, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was there. So, hey, I was on the know, show when, uh, when BC got spanked last week. I wasn't happy about it, but I was here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so, I know. It, anyhow, how's the missus doing? Um, <laughs> she's not a happy camper, but other than that, well, she's okay. Her leg is shrinking. She's got less pain all the time. Her pain medication is not- doing better. Yeah, medication's not working. I've suggested that she goes visit one of our friends with some of that uh, stuff that's soon to be legal in Canada, and she refuses to do that. So, Would, would you like me to mail you out some brownies? Um, well, you know what? Yeah, you could mail me some brownies. She might eat those. They, I won't tell her what's in them. They're awesome. Yeah. I just made I just made a new batch. They're just like kick-ass. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe I should take a bag and mail them over. But yeah, no, she's doing. We'll, we'll she's doing fine. There. I'm. I'm sure she'll. I'm sure she'll be fine. So. You just gotta be careful with so. those things because it really fucks you up if you go to bed and you're stoned. You wake up and you gotta pee. Well, you gotta try to walk to the john. It's really terrible. But uh. But I mean, and I'm I'm spending most of my time doing this domestic thing, which I don't do. Okay. And you, man, I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled rotten. Okay. I don't yes. do any of this stuff. We know you are. I walked into my, I walked into the laundry room the other day to do laundry. The washer and dryer look like jet airplanes. I don't know what to do with this stuff. What happened to the old ringer washer that I used to help my mother with? Okay, I mean it's ridiculous. Technological anyway. advancements, my friend. Technological advancements. I guess even in laundry. I guess even in laundry. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not going to keep on going on. Let's talk about football, man. No, i got to introduce Chris and find out what he's doing. Yes. He, he's finally got the wife back in the house, so that's a good thing. He's on our, on our show again. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Yeah, no, it was a busy week. Uh, the wife was in Seattle for work, and uh, I was the sole uh, chauffeur, so lots of things going on. The kids are all... Uh, doing something every other minute so you have to drop here pick up there drop here wait here be on call but so it's nice to be able to split it up again a bit but uh but yeah it's good to be back on good to talk good. some football glad to have you back and like i said mark's not going to show up today the wider and charles <laughs> is going to be about 15 minutes late so and uh, let's help let's push some buttons here and see what happens cool 516 516- 418 5408 to speak with the host or hit up on social media through the Facebook group or on Twitter at Let's Talk CFL. Hey, do you remember in the last. You, li- you listen to podcasts afterwards, don't you, Chris? Uh, yeah, I do. Most of them. Okay. La- last week I gave a shout out to Larry Langle, right? And uh, he was he's just one of our listeners and he. he, he 
sent me a uh, PM and said, oh, how much he enjoys the sh- show and everything else. And I gave him a shout out on the show. And then I, I get this uh, message back and he goes, well, thanks very much for giving me the shout out on the last ap- episode. I was stunned. I keep replaying it over and over again. Very, they're <laughs> not that important, okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not belittling what you, 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 your feelings here at all. I'm really not. But we're not that important. But uh, anyhow, yeah. Thanks for listening to the show, and thanks for like keeping in contact. And uh, I will always answer your PMs when you send them to me, buddy. But seriously, I'm just another football fan. It could have been anybody on here. Okay, I'd like to think that I'm special, but that's kind of in a short bus kind of way. I got in trouble once for that. I said, you just be quiet. Okay, we're ready to talk some football. Only three games This is, and only three guys. This is going to go real fast. We're going to have to wait for Charles or get this going or happening. Anyhow, Calgary, Ottawa. Okay. Who was really surprised by this? Not me. I picked Ottawa to win. I was kind of hoping that they were going to win. Calgary's got to lose sometime. I was kind of hoping it was going to be Ottawa. Got absolutely blown out. And it wasn't – I don't even think Calgary played all that well. And they still just destroyed Ottawa. Final score was 27-3. to Uh, Big thing in it was uh, Bo Levi got taken out during the game. Uh, one of the first times we've ever seen him injured, uh, and not the first time, but he, it's not often that he, he gets hit. So, uh, that's kind of, kind of must've been scary. Were you holding your breath? Will? uh, I'm not going to tell you what my reaction was. Okay. <laughs> Is the remote still good? Does it still work? Um, no, I, I'm a I'm a, an emotional guy in many different ways. To tell you what, I'll tell you a story, tell you a story. The Bombers, when Matt Dunnigan was playing for the Bombers, and he dropped back to pass, he had just come off that 700 yard game that he had that yeah. same season. Drops back to pass, falls down, knew his Achilles tendon was was torn. I cried like a two year old. Sorry, because they weren't going anywhere after that. So. You know, I, I kind of get wrapped up in these things sometimes. But Bo Levi, it was more of a, I just, I just, you know, I just, and, and it was such a, the, the hit was right on his knee and he was actually laying there. He did get back up and he did walk off and I'm still curious to know what's going on. And they have not said anything yet. So I can cross my fingers. But. You know, this team and, and you know, I'm if if Bo Levi is out for any amount of time, Christopher Jones, I am gonna phone the Stampeders tomorrow when they announce it and I'm gonna ask them if they want me to be their quarterback because you have said anybody can be a quarterback on the Stampeders and win because they have such a good team. So yep. that includes an old fifty five year old offensive lineman, doesn't it? Well, probably not. I don't think you could have played quarterback oh, okay. in your 25. Uh, no, not, no, I couldn't have. Um, but, yeah, you know what? I I thought Calgary's defense was absolutely unbelievable. Mika Johnson and Cordero Law were all over the field. Uh, I do believe Ottawa had one first down in the first half. 
And they were wow. playing well, but I think Calgary was playing really well. And uh, that's why, you know, at halftime, you can lose your quarterback. It can be 20 to 3, and you still, or 20 to nothing, whatever it was, and you still don't let in a lot of points, and you score another touchdown. So, but uh, I don't know. I'm thinking my score would have been dead on if Bo Levi had stayed in the game. It would have been 47 to whatever. So, yeah. But yeah, I. I'm worried about. I'm worried about. Believe I'm Mitchell, of course. I saw him jogging on the sidelines during the game, so I really don't yeah. think he's all that hurt. And the question is, Calgary's up, it got is a three and zero start. They were up twenty to nothing. Uh, why would you even risk putting him back in? I mean, I know that. Mitchell, I agreed with Mitchell it. would have wanted to it. go back because that's who he is. But Dickinson's yep. smart enough to put him on the bench. Yeah. And it did give, I mean, let's face it, it gave Arbuckle some game time. And, uh, you know, I mean, the season is still young. I keep on saying to you guys, why do you put these almost healed quarterbacks back in when these games don't really mean that much? Okay? The very first game of the season means something. You know, I really hate it when people say that. You know, if you win week one, two, and three, you're off to a great start. Right, Calgary? Sure. Yep. Absolutely. So they do matter. And and the two yeah, points in week biggest, one is just as important as the two po- two points in week eighteen. Yeah, but my no, and and I don't I disagree with that because my my thing is the last two years, last four games of the season meant nothing to Calgary. So they're in a they're in a rock and a hard place. Do they play their starters? Do they not play their starters? There's not as much intensity in the game because they've already sewed up the West, you know. I, I, so, I understand. I, I understand completely. But the same thing is, is two points is two points, you know, in, in the season. And it's more important to get them at the beginning so you don't need them at the end. Yes. It's terrible absolutely. when you don't get them at the beginning and you've got to fight for them, you know, week 20, week 21 this year. And, and, and there's going to be teams that haven't decided which playoff position they're in. So, you yep. know, if they'd pulled up their socks and paid attention in week one, two, and three, then they wouldn't be in the situation that they are in week, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. True that. True that. Right? So Calgary paid attention but, in week one, two, and three. So they, they may be able to go on vacation in week 18, 19, and 20. Yeah, but then I don't know. That's, that's great because then they get to the Grey Cup and we know what's happened the last two years, so. You know, I I don't know. I'm just thinking there must be a different formula for Calgary because they got to do something different in order to clinch that thing that they're looking for. So, well, you know, anyways, go ahead. Goes back to a movie called Bull Durham, one of my favorite sports movies of all time. There, Kevin Costner, and uh, he's talking to uh, his meat, his. Uh, protege pitcher that he's trying to help out there and he says stop throwing fastballs stop throwing or getting strikeouts they're fascist let him hit some foul balls so it's kind of like calgary you gotta stop winning all their games and start you know being competitive and let other teams think that they can get up there and then when calgary needs to turn on the burners they should be able to do that instead of when i when i I can't not playing 
what I say to that is, okay, other teams in the CFL, get better so you'll beat Calgary. Come on. Anyways. It doesn't happen overnight. I know. Shit, it doesn't yes, happen in 28 will. years for Winnipeg. That's true. That's true. I don't know how Winnipeg but fans hey. can be so cocky when it's been 28 years since they won a Grey Cup yet. They absolutely are the cocky. They're as bad as Ryder fans right now. Even Ryder fans are being a little humble considering Montreal beat them. You don't hear was, a lot. I was really off from them. I was, I was really not impressed with Todd Mulkey's comment of Wally can't coach anymore. What are you talking about? You don't forget say these pretty things. Pretty much out coached Michael Shea. You don't forget these things. They're there forever. He's not forgetting how to coach. You're such a dip. Oh my God. Anyways. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand Todd's uh, comments on a lot of things. He just absolutely hates BC. It doesn't matter who's on there. He just trashes them. And yeah, no, that's fine. He's a Bomber fan, and that's just one step up or one step down from being a Ryder fan. So I really don't care. And and I really, I've never figured out. What what did Jonathan Jennings ever do to Todd Mogey? Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> he, he hates him more than any BC Lion ever. Oh, I it's know. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. But whatever. Anyways, oh, I'm sure Chris has something more to add to this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Chris, come on in. Talk to us about the Calgary game here. Well, I mean, obviously, I think the biggest take home was the defense for Calgary. I, I, I was that I. You can't help but be impressed with their performance. Um, the front seven is amazing, and you don't get much weaker in the secondary, even with all the losses. Uh, I just, and even injuries, right? Like Tunde's not in there, and he was supposed to be starting safety, and they've changed their Sam a couple times, and and uh, yeah, no, I, I just they just were stifling. They just wouldn't let. Harris get going and um it's not like they're a poor team um at all like they just they just controlled them they controlled the line of scrimmage and they controlled the the, the pace of the game and Mitchell Mitchell was off again Mitchell Mitchell did not have a great game before he got hurt I, I mean you know he scored 20 points but um he was he was missing receivers again and they were dropping a bit and it didn't look as crisp on the O, which is normal. It takes longer for the O to click and get and get going. Um, you know, they had amazing Toronto. The game in Toronto was was lights out, but you know they slipped back a bit. Uh, I personally didn't have a huge issue with the hit on Mitchell. Uh, he, he kind of is tripping through there. I agree with the penalty because you, even if you don't mean to. If it's low, then it's low, and it's still roughing the passer. And and he got the penalty and. But when you watch it, he actually initiates contact just above the knee and kind of slides to the knee. The biggest damage is done by his uh, Bo Levi's own cleats. He 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 caught the turf, and and because he tried to jump back and the, and Mason was coming so fast that he couldn't couldn't do it. And when he when he straightened out his legs to try and jump, he caught the turf, and he actually created the problem himself almost by locking his locked his leg, and then that's when it got punched out from him. When, when Mason came through. so, But I don't think it's very bad. I think that they're being very cautious with it because why not? They were up. There was no real risk in the game, and the D was controlling the game. So they throw Nick in there. He does his thing. He looks like a backup quarterback, but it was 
it was proficient. Uh, I honestly think that they probably should start Nick for the Montreal game because I think if the D plays the way they can play, that they don't need to score a ton of points to win. So throw Nick in for a whole game and let be, uh, Mitchell rest. Why not? And if they lose, they lose to Montreal, but it was with the backup quarterback. It's, I mean, it, I guess maybe in the second half, if you're losing, put Mitchell in if you really, really want to win. But, you know, you're playing all these Eastern teams. The West, their their whole back end of their season is all West teams. The beginning is all East. So the four-point games don't start for a while anyway. Make sure Mitchell's healthy. Why risk it? I agreed with it in the game, and I really I almost think that they should, even if he was ready, they should sit him for the Montreal game, let Nick play. What the heck? See what the D can do. <laughs> and see what the boy can do. Maybe he gets he'll only get better the more he plays. I like his attitude. He, he reminds me actually a lot of Drew Tate, only a little bit calmer. But, uh, you know, he's there to play. He's a gamer. Let's, let's see what he can do. But, yeah, no, I uh, I think Ottawa looked bad, but I think it was more Calgary making them look bad. I really do. I uh, Their D was okay. They held their own. But, I mean, you're just not going to stop Mitchell and Calgary for, you know, holding them to 27 is pretty good. <laughs> so, you know, they usually score over 30 points. So, uh, no, it was a good game. It was it, it was a lopsided game, but I'm I always like defense anyway. That's what I played, and that's what I like to watch. And when when you're that dominant D, there's lots of good things to watch that maybe the normal fan doesn't see. They just like the scoring. So I enjoyed it probably more than other people, just because I enjoyed the D. the D. The D was really amazing on Calgary's end side, and and Ottawa's wasn't bad either. So that's it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, well, we do have Charles online. Buddy, how you doing? Hello. I'm doing well. <laughs> Trying to stay cool. cool. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's a warm one down there, is it? Extremely, yeah. It has been for the last few days. It's supposed cool. to be for tomorrow as well. Yep. So, but we're here and ready to go. Okay. So, we're, yep. we're reviewing the Calgary-Ottawa game. I'm going to let you go and uh, talk this one out. And I'm just going to run upstairs real briefly and come back, and I'll get we'll wrap up this Calgary game. So, take your time, Charles. All right, no problem. Uh, so the Calgary Edmonton game or Calgary Ottawa game, boy, Ottawa was a disaster in this game. Um, certainly, um, you got to give some credit to the Stampeder defense. I can't. Uh, I don't think anyone can deny that. But they really were. Uh, a nightmare. Trevor Harris, and we're going to talk to him a little bit later, uh, but Trevor Harris was uh, just one of those games. When it comes to Trevor Harris, you seem you either get good Trevor Harris or bad Trevor Harris. There's very few times where there's middle ground. This was quite frankly bad Trevor Harris. He was a guy that uh, was out there, he couldn't hit his receivers, um, he could not move the ball to save his life. And again, I'm not. I'm certainly not um, saying um, no um, uh, credit to the Calgary defense because I believe they deserve a ton of credit. But I'm sorry, when you're a quarterback and you're only passing for 93 yards, that's a major problem. You're not having a good game, especially when you're completing 14 passes and all you get is 93 yards. That's uh, not exactly a top tier. Um, um, a top-tier um, performance. Uh, as for Calgary, uh, I'm hoping for their sake that Bo Levi Mitchell is not seriously injured. 
I haven't heard a real update on that. Uh, apparently, they did practice either yesterday or today, and he was on the sidelines. Now, that might be a precautionary. I haven't heard. I don't know if anyone else has heard any sort of uh, update on his health uh, as I'm joining late, but um, they need him to go far. Uh, no offense to Nick Arbuckle, but um, he's not ready for prime time yet. But um, he certainly has the um, the tools with him. Don Jackson, uh, a nice game from him at running back there. Um, receiving, um, you know, they spread the ball around. The thing is with the Calgary thing is even when Bo Levi Mitchell went out, that game was basically over because – Ottawa had nothing in that game. They were completely shut down. And, yes, certainly the Calgary Stampeders shut them down, but they were not um, their own friends. I mean, they had 35 yards rushing. They, and when you only have, uh, what was it, 134 yards passing between your quarterbacks, you need your running game to step up, and they didn't get that. In reality, Calgary had both of them going, and that's why they won this game. Um, and, um, right now it's looking like, uh, Calgary, at least at the moment, now this can change, it's still early, but right now it's Calgary and everybody else, because, uh, they are definitely up at the top echelon, and everybody else from, really from two to, well, I'm not going to say two to nine, because Hamilton, or Montreal is not in there with everybody else, I'm sorry, but two to eight, it's a real mismatch there, where, the, those six teams, any of them could finish anywhere. It's really a, a toss-up there right now because no other than Calgary, no other team has um, established any kind of consistency. So that's my thoughts on it. I don't think CJ is back yet. Uh, I don't know if Will went on this one because I came in mid. Will, did you go on this one yet? No, I, I'm here. My mic was just muted. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. I thought you um, were gone I'm, for a second. But. I'm, I'm crunching yeah. on french fries, so I didn't want to be making noise oh, okay. to you guys. So, Yeah, no. Actually, hey, uh, shout out to Russ Gordon. Good shot on TSN, buddy. The fanatic. Yeah, no kidding. Yep. Okay, so um, what are we talking about here? This game was, was out of hand, but from the, I think, the opening kickoff, wasn't it? Probably pretty much, pretty much over by then. Um, Jamie Nye put out power rankings today, and it had Calgary in first and Montreal in nine. And then what he said is two to eight, a mass of teams incapable of playing consistent football. That's pretty. And then nine is Montreal. Yeah, and that's and nine is very, Montreal. Yeah, that's very accurate too. Yeah, it is. Like, this is the first time I've seen power rankings that I can almost agree on. I almost want to put Montreal up into the 2-9 to nine category because they did beat the Riders, but then Jamie turned around and said, well, that's because the Riders played shitty. And I go, well, that's why they're in 8th place, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, when the ninth team beats the 8th place team, it's really not that big a deal. No, that's true. You know, so... I don't know. We'll see what the power rankings do. Uh, I've seen a couple that have come out. Give it, nobody's given the love to the BC Lions. Oh, well. They did beat Winnipeg. They did come back. It was a, an amazing comeback, 20 unanswered points, and they get no love in the power rankings. Don't care. 
They got the W, as Will points out all the time. The only thing that matters is the W. And yeah, the thing Calgary is, the, is the power rankings are so subjective. They are. So Calgary got the W on this one, no doubt about it, 27-3. to 3. And Charles and CJ both picked Ottawa to win, eliminated from this one. Will, yeah. 48-17. Sorry, you weren't close. Uh, Chris, 35-25. Yeah, not really close. Mark was 26-17. He was the closest. We'll give him the golden star on the Calgary-Ottawa game. Moving on, we got a big cadrum. I'm never good with that word. Cadrundum? Conundrum. Conundrum, that's right. Yes. Uh, Toronto-Edmonton game. Back and forth, close game, right to the wire. Big hits, bad hits, ugly hits. And uh, I understand C.J. Gable is doing okay. Uh, there was a tweet out by his wife that the post caught, totally caught me off guard, right? Because I like, I'm going, what the hell? And I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about here. Um. Let me find it. I just had it just a second ago. I keep looking at this bomber. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, some people asked for a post from Rebecca Marie Gable. It's on Instagram. Laugh out loud. I'm using an old phone, so I can't share it. She thanked everyone across the league for the love and concern towards CJ. They are both very touched. I'm going, the fuck? How, what, how did I get involved in this? <laughs> it says... Oh, God, I was thinking of you last night. I wanted to throw up. I was so scared for CJ. I hope you're okay. And him, of course, thinking of you both. I'm going, what the fuck? I didn't do anything. Honest. And so I go, am I in trouble or something? Somebody's scared for me? No. Okay, so it had nothing to do with me, CJ. It had to do with CJ Gable. And uh, it took me a little while to figure that out, I guess, you know. It's bad enough seeing Chris Jones all the time and with that Calgary or Ryder coach. And then uh, that has nothing to do with me. Okay, so I'm good with this. Toronto, Edmonton. Everybody picked Edmonton except for who? CJ. Deep sigh. Okay. William. Toronto, Edmonton. You picked Edmonton on this one. You don't do that very often. I didn't. So, nope. Um, you hey, you know what? It was a, yeah, it was a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. But I told you, I told you Mike Riley would never let uh, James Franklin come into his yard and win two games in a row when he was his backup last year or the year before. I know. And so, <laughs> Mike Riley pulled it out in the end. What can you say? And like I mean, said, if Mike Riley has a like ball. That, mm-hmm. In a game like that, it would be great to have Mike Riley on your team because I think uh, I think he played uh, that well, and I didn't – I have not looked at his stats in that game, but it was it was a fairly entertaining game, I guess you could say. Um. The best team won. I'm sure I didn't win the. I'm sure I didn't win the game, but oh well. Such is life. I mean, you know, I I don't think. 
I don't think Edmonton's that good this year. I really don't. Or is everybody just, is there so much parity in the CFL now that everybody is just close to being as good as each other with the exception of one team, which I will not mention. Um, good. You know, because it, it's starting to show that at the beginning of the season. But, uh, you know, I mean, Mike there, really wasn't. Sorry, go ahead. There's a mass of teens incapable of playing consistent football. Yes. Or so I don't think I don't think there's parity a parity on the upside of things. I think there's parity in the in the mediocre side of things right now. Uh huh. And I I just wanted to point out, and I'm probably going to point this out after every game this year. Um, James Wilder was fantastic, eh? Twelve carries, twenty six yards. Hoo There's a two point two point two two point two yard average. That's that, that's impressive. He's He's uh, up to Jerome Messam numbers, and only Jerome Messam's 36 years old. Um, anyways, uh, as a matter of fact, who had who had more who had more running yardage than uh, than James Wilder Jr. did? Mike Riley. Mike Riley. Mike Riley. He's a quarterback, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, come on. Anyways, CJ. you know what? Edmonton played. Edmonton played good enough. Um, S.J. Green played pretty good. Ten receptions, 131 yards. Um, and so, Ed Duke-Williams played pretty good for Edmonton. So, it was a pretty even game. I think they're going to be even all the way through this year. So, with uh, Toronto and Edmonton, at least they've showed they have because the last game was pretty close as well. So, it, But that doesn't mean that know. they're high up in the rankings because it's still Toronto. True that, but there's a lot of people who picked Toronto to be number one this year. I don't know why, but they did. Who would um, do that? Besides well, an Argo people fan. Did that. Well, no, I think uh, there were people our buddy that Mark, that. Right. Our buddy Mark has been going on and on about Toronto all year long and how good they were going to be, and they just haven't proven that. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm still thinking, you know, James Franklin, he's played two games now, and – he hasn't looked out of place, so you know he could improve as the season goes on. So I don't know. I, I think we'll, he's we'll had a hell of a game. Does. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, I, I was thinking of you again, while I was watching him play. Why is that? Well, because I look you like said a tall he black hasn't man. proved anything. He hasn't proved anything yet. And then the last two well, weeks, he he's kind of he has gone off and started proving things. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's his job. He's, he's, yes, that's exactly right. Let's see. Let's see if he justifies the paycheck he's getting this year. So yeah, and so far, so far, he's five hundred. So there you go. And he's can't bitch at that. Pretty decent games. Nope, not at all. He's, he's not hurting him, that's for sure. Oh yeah, he's five hundred. Yeah, he Yargo's is. He's five hundred himself. No, James Wrangler is one for two. So. Anyways, go ahead. Chris. Toronto, Edmonton. Yeah, you know what? I, it was, I wasn't a bad game to watch. I don't think either team – it's not like the other game where well, I think one team made the other team look worse than they were. 
I think they both pretty much performed to what they could. Um, and the other team did enough to disrupt them, but there was a lot of drop balls. There was a lot on both sides. There was a lot of mistakes made on both sides. It wasn't super clean, but it goes back to the Nye comment about we've got a bunch of teams that just can't play consistent football. And that was, to me, that was a game that proved it. I mean, there was no consistency on either side of the ball with either team. And that's why it was so close. But it wasn't horrible football, right? There was good plays. There was good things that happened. It just, it was inconsistent and throughout the game. And it led to to being close because both teams were very equal in their inability to be sustained drives and and that sort of thing. I Wilder was what it was. I you know I, again I I think Edmonton's strength on the D is their front uh, front four, if not their, maybe their front seven, but definitely their front four. That obviously can affect the the run a lot. Shut down Wilder. Um, their secondary is very weak, and Franklin managed to get some passes in. Um, and I think Toronto is very similar to that. Uh, their front four, their front seven is very good. Their secondary is a little bit of a question mark. And they got their throws in. I think Edmonton would have run away with this game if there wasn't as many drops as there was on Edmonton's side. But um, it was it was, it was was good. I mean, it was definitely obviously aggressive football, and, 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 and they really both wanted to win. Uh, and that's why it wasn't boring. They both put everything into it that they could, and I mean, the C.J. Gable thing was was you don't like to see that, and I didn't I didn't like it when Hebert did it, and I sure the heck didn't like it when uh, um, what's his name did it. And uh, I mean, the first hit is just uh, incidental head contact that happens. Davis, I, I I mean, it was they, it was clearly a head hit, but they they were moving and twisting and and die, but when a win. When Wynn came in, what else? What other purpose did he have but to try and spear the guy? Like, I mean, he came in hands down like a spear and and went right for his head. Like, I, it doesn't belong in football. Didn't belong it when Herbert did it to to Daniels, and it didn't belong in that play. And Noxie J cold, and they they've got to do something about it. Whether it's another, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to see another game suspension and a, and a max fine, but I don't know. I, I would really like you. to see that. Have we have they, a second on it coming. Uh, Oh, okay. So, I mean, it was a good game. Um, they both wanted to win it. They both tried really hard. There was just inconsistency and in, in, in inability to to finish drives and stuff like that. And it shows. But, but they, they're in that pack. There's All the teams are doing that. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it, it, it'll get better. It'll get cleaner as the season goes on. It's still only week four or five. And, and uh it, it, it it's still not bad football. Like it's it, that's the biggest thing is I heard you know some people were saying it was a bad game and boring and stuff and it it wasn't a bad game it wasn't a boring game it was good football it just wasn't totally clean <laughs> because they're still making mistakes. But uh, I enjoyed it and uh, hey you can't complain when the win the wins by one point last well what did they say Toronto's last four games have been decided in the last three minutes or something like that so they're all close and I always make good football exciting. Yep. That's why we love the CFL. Yep. No no lead is safe. Yeah, no, it was good. So, Charles, what do you got to say about this game? Yeah, this was a tough game. I mean, the I think the Argos got to think that they let an opportunity slip away here. You got to look at it. They held Mike Riley to under 300 yards, which doesn't happen very often. 
They held the Eskimos to only 16 points, which doesn't happen very often, but they still weren't able to find a way to win, which has got to be disappointing because when you hold them relatively in check, the offense like that, you got to figure you got a pretty good chance to win because the Eskimos just don't have a very good defense, especially in the secondary. But um, they weren't um, – I know uh, Ronnie Ronnie Pfeffer is uh, taking some heat because he missed the one field goal that uh, would have actually given them the win. But, um, you know, they, they had opportunities here. Um, Franklin went off for nearly 300 yards, but, um, again, it was in between the 40s so, uh, or in between the 20s. They were not able to pull off too many um, – Touchdown drives today. In fact, I don't think they even scored a touchdown in this game, did they? Uh, he had two. No, they did. Sorry, they did score one touchdown. Uh, James Wilder had a five-yard touchdown run. Whoop-de-doo. Um, Wilder did have a decent game through the air, though. He did have 62 yards receiving, but uh, still not uh, right up to what his ego was in the offseason. But that, we're beyond that. But um, yeah, you got to give him credit, though. Um, the Eskimos defense. Um, they, uh, quite frankly, are not a very great and cohesive unit, but they were able to hold the Argos to one less than their. Uh, the, usually, it's the offense makes up for the defense. In this game, they didn't really do that, but it was a pretty good defensive battle. Um, but the Eskimos were able to score one more than the Argos and keep the Argos off the board, so you got to give them uh, the credit for doing that because... Um, that was one they could have lost, and they could be on a two-game losing streak, but they were able to pull it out. Yeah, it was a – whenever Mike Riley's got the ball, Mike Riley's going to do something at the end of the game. You just know it. You can just feel it. He walks onto the field, and he just – he has this persona about him that just says, it doesn't matter what the hell's happening, I'm marching down the field. And he just goes off, and he does it and wins football games. Mm-hmm. It's annoying as hell. But it, it's amazing to watch, and I love the guy. I, he's probably my favorite CFL football player, and he doesn't play for my team. So, you know, that's going to say something. Uh, the, the man's amazing. <clears throat> and uh, that's what happened. Edmonton 16, Toronto 15. Charles, you took Edmonton 40 to 21. Not real close yep, there. Not quite, no. CJ, you took Toronto, you idiot. Will, actually, it was pretty close. It, it, actually, I picked 28-24. That, that was the closest score. No, Chris would have been the closest score, 28-20. Um, Will, 35-27. Mark, 32-20. And Chris, at 28-20, you win the Golden Star. Well, two in a Wait season a- so far. Woo! <laughs> Two in a season so far. You're doing real well. Who is it out there that's that's keeping track of these? Somebody said something that they they know more about what we're keeping track of. Who's winning this this pool? Do you guys remember that? It was one of one of our chats. One of the one of the listeners is keeping track of all of this. One day I'll I'll figure it all out. But yeah, I think I won twice in week one and haven't won since. Sorry to hear that, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, Chris gets the mark on this. Or, yeah, Mark got the first one. Chris got the second one. Let's go on to game three. 
Winnipeg Blue Bombers coming west to BC Place to play the Lions after basically mollywhopping the Lions 41-19 the week before, and the 19 points was very generous. Uh, BC took it personal. Not very personal to come out and do anything in the first half because it was, what, 17 nothing at halftime? I was so not happy. That was terrible coaching, terrible ball man- clock management, terrible at the end of that first half. You must have been screaming at the them, Charles. I, wasn't I was screaming. I wasn't screaming only because I was in utter disbelief. I, I was absolutely yelling at them. I could not believe that bullshit. No, I, I, I was just, I couldn't believe it. And I, the thing is, I didn't even notice the clock at first. I saw them throw that one ball to Burnham in the end zone, and he ended up dropping it. And I'm like, well, at least we can get three out of it. But then I noticed everybody else is running off the field. I'm like, are you telling me they missed the, uh, they, they ran out of time? And sure enough. They did. That terrible clock management. Terrible. Anyhow, go ahead. Talk to us about this game. You were there. I was there, yes, yes. And for two and three quarters of a quarter, it looked like it was going to end up as a disaster. And I even started to wonder, are the Lions going to get shut out at home? Because there was oh, a point God. where their offense did not look like they were going to get anything going. When they did uh, look like, when they did seemingly get something going, something would happen to completely destroy that momentum. Case in point, in the first quarter, they drive down to, I think they were inside the 20, and then Brian Burnham runs the wrong route and gets, and uh, the pass is intercepted. And I'm like, oh, is it going to be that kind of night? Because it really looked like it was going to be a, a complete and utter nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you could just kind of see. The weird thing is, the Lions were down 17 to nothing. And, you know, normally in the earlier weeks this season, I would have said, oh, this, this one's over. We're done here. I didn't get that feeling last night. Because even though they hadn't scored any points to that period, they were still doing some good things. They were getting some plays and moving the ball somewhat. And they got into a very tough situation early on when they lost Jeremiah Johnson in the first quarter. But you could just see, I don't know, in the third quarter, seemingly the tide was starting to turn. Winnipeg, who had moved the ball very effectively in the first half, that started to really disappear as the, second, as the third quarter went along. The Lions end up getting a, a touchdown late in that third quarter, and it's kind of off to the races. And it was like Matt Nichols went colorblind because he started throwing the ball to the wrong team uh, more than once. And the Lions' defense, which really had its struggles in the first half, boy, did they take that game over in the fourth quarter. They were all over. They were finally getting pressure. The first three quarters, they got no pressure to speak of on Matt Nichols, but that changed in the fourth quarter. They were finally getting through. They got him on the run, they sacked him, and they forced him into making bad throws, which ended up uh, going for interceptions. 
And then the Lions' offense really started to move the ball. They really kind of started clicking about the midway point, maybe even a little later in the third quarter, and it became a different ball game. And Winnipeg, for the 17 points in the first half, did not register a point in the second half. In fact, that's the second game in a row at home where the Lions' defense has shut the team, shut their opponents out in the second half. They did it to Montreal in week one, and they did it to Winnipeg last night. So it was a thrilling finish. Um, there were some really, really horrendous coaching decisions made on both sides of the uh, field. First of all, Wally Wano, when it's third and less than a yard, there is absolutely no reason to go into the shotgun and hand the ball off five yards deep. To a You're tailback. You're asking for, to a tailback, a smaller tailback. Yeah. Just put Fajardo out there and push the ball forward. They had done that pretty effectively for most of the night, except for when they tried to do the end around and got stopped. And then later, the Bombers do the same thing that the Lions get stopped on, and they get stopped when Odell Willis stepped up and dropped um, Chris Trevler. And he well, Solly did it, too. Solly did it earlier on the goal line. They stopped him there. Yeah. You've got to think, at that point, especially the one in the fourth quarter, the Bombers had a seven-point lead at that time, and the time was getting low. Why are you not kicking a field goal there and making it a two-point game? You're paying all this money to Justin Medlock as the big field goal kicker. This is why you got him. This is why you overpaid for him so he can get you a field goal at key times. So instead of being a two-point, uh, instead of being a two-score game and the Lions got it, the Lions stop him on downs. It's still a one-score game, and the Lions take the ball downfield and put it in the end zone, tying the game. It was a poorly coached game on both sides. It was an exciting game. Don't get me wrong. The finish was extremely exciting, and I'm happy for the finish. And let's hope that this is a turning point for the Lions and the Bombers. They've got to be questioning themselves because they really let that one get away from them. So the only thing that I was thinking about while this game was Ty Long is setting up for his field goal with no time left on the clock. I'm sitting there. Don't hit the fucking upright. Again. Right? Because he had already don't done it once. The upright. Like, why didn't, you know, why didn't Wally just punt the ball through the end zone and win by a point? I was sitting there with a friend of mine, and he said exactly the same thing. Just kick it through the end zone. Just kick it through the end zone and just boot it through the end zone. Don't worry about the uprights. Don't do anything. Just kick it for a single. That's mm-hmm. why we get a point for it. And, and I'm going, please, God, be nice to my Leos. They need a break. And uh, what happened? He kicked it for a walk-off field, game-winning field goal. Mm-hmm. Ty Long getting to be a hero in my books. Yep. Okay. Well, Charles, you, you did a very good job on that. Thank you. Thank William. You. William, 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 BC Winnipeg. Well, you know, I said I said on Wednesday on the podcast, you know, let's look for the Lions to have some pushback because they got some point Winnipeg the week before. Well, they didn't have pushback till the second half. 
And unfortunately, I was so disgusted with him in the first half. I said to myself, I'm not, it was a gorgeous night in Calgary on Saturday night. I said to myself, I'm not sitting in my basement and watching any more of this crap. And I turned it off. Are you shitting me? Of course I'm not shitting you. I was disgusted at BC, and the only reason I was watching to support my good buddies, uh, CJ and and Charles, okay? And I was going to watch it and and be open-minded about it, and they did not have any kickback in the first half. Winnipeg looked like they were playing a nobody team. And then when, when BC would get down to the goal line, they'd screw something up. Did somebody run a wrong pass route? Travis Lule threw a... So, but I did watch the second half this morning. And it was a, it was a nice comeback. And I don't think, and you guys may argue with me, CJ may argue with me, I don't know about Charles, but I think it's pretty obvious who the BC Lions' number one quarterback is right now. Well, I can't disagree. I mean, he played great. Over 300 yards passing. Didn't look like he had any ill effects. He was a little rusty, which is expected. Okay, but I think uh, BC should go with Travis Lulay for the rest of the year if they hope to have a chance of doing anything this season. So that's my biggest take from that game. I have absolutely no doubt that uh, Travis will be starting at the next game as long as he's feeling up to it. Um. When Travis Lule is healthy, he is one of the top three QBs in this league. Okay, I have said that all along. Problem is, is he's missed 57 of the last 72 games. That's correct. That's a problem. And that is a problem. He is the third most successful quarterback in Lions history. If he was healthy for 57 of the last 72 games, where would he be and where would the Lions be? Uh-huh. Right? The man is an amazing quarterback, and he, his team loves him. You can tell that. So, yeah, yep. I'm not going to argue with you. He, he is the best chance for BC Lions at this point in time. But at 30, what, six years old? 35 years old? have to admit that the writing's on the wall for Travis Lule. He's 34. He's going to be, he's going to be 35 this year. The yeah. writing's on the wall sure. that Travis is not the future of the BC Lions. He's the future for this year. I agree. Travis is going to play until <laughs> Travis can't play. And uh, but I still think, I still think unless Jonathan Jennings pulls up his bootstrap, he is not the quarterback of the future for the BC Lions. Sorry. I, you know what? I he think Travis Lule needs to sit and look at the game and learn the game. He ne- he never had the opportunity to be on the sidelines and be a student of the game in that capacity. Every other quarterback out there has had that luxury. Okay? And he came off the bench. He was the third-string quarterback. He got thrown into the starting position, <laughs> and he was forced to accelerate. And... uh I, yeah, we I, always say we always say that when we throw a quarterback in too soon, we burn him out. And did we did we screw up Jennings for life, or is he able to come back? That's the question. I Go just, ahead, Charles. I just still, 
I still don't think they have a guy in BC. And Jarius Jackson's not the answer, in my opinion. I still don't think they have a guy in BC that can bring a quarterback along. Okay? I still don't think they have one of those guys. And Wally always has one of those guys on his team, but he just doesn't seem to have it right now. So, I I didn't but. I never liked Jarius Jackson as a quarterback in BC. I can't understand why I would accept him as a mentor for our, you know, quarterbacks of the future. Yeah, I am not I'm I not agree. comfortable with Jarius Jackson as the OC and or the QB coach. I I never liked his play. Not that I like nope. Kahari Jones either. No. No. Or Damon Allen or anybody else. But, you know, Dave Dickinson, man, that man knew how to play football. That man knows how to coach. Uh-huh. Okay? And and I understand that. We need somebody like Dave. Yep. Shit, I think I would I take agree. Buck Pierce over Jarius Jackson. At least the man had heart. Yeah, Chris. Chris, talk to me about this football yes. game. Uh, I, it was uh, it was hard to watch. Let's put it that way. I mean, um, it was a blowout one way, and then a brilliant blow comeback blowout the other way. <laughs> so it was. Uh, I was with Will at about half t- at a half time. I was really wondering why I was watching. Now I had the advantage that I PVR this game because I actually. Uh, was I had to work that night, and uh, so I got to watch the first half, um, and then I had to go to work, and I PVR'd the second half. But I knew that BC had come back and won. I just didn't get to watch it. I just knew the score. So it, it, it encouraged me to turn the TV back on and watch the second half because it was like obviously something fun happened because they came back and won. So I want to watch this now. Um but yeah, it makes it a tough game to watch because it's not it's 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 an exciting end, but it's kind of like a a book where the ending's really good, but it drags on for chapter after chapter of uh, of detail about the surroundings. <laughs> you know, like you got to put a lot of effort into it to make it through the the front to get to the back. And this game, I I, I chalked that up to that. I, I I wasn't enjoying watching the first half of the game. Uh, I felt BC just like Will should have been much more uh, they were so outplayed the last game that you figure that they would have brought more to the table and it just didn't look that way to me and Lule was rusty I mean of course he was going to be rusty and you knew he was going to be rusty and it just didn't look it wasn't good football I think the second half even though Winnipeg didn't score any points they still played decent football it was just BC finally decided to wake up and play um, and I mean, Nichols obviously had some issues with the, with the interceptions and stuff like that, but I, I chalk a lot of that up to the pressure that would, that, that BC finally got put on him. Um, he was just not holding onto the ball. He should have just taken a few sacks instead of giving up the ball like that. And that's, that's on Matt, but he's going to have to watch the film and figure that out himself. So, um, but it was, it ended up being a good game, but I would have never said it was a thrill a minute up to a certain point. And then third quarter, it rolled in. Um, I believe I picked Winnipeg to win, so I'm out on that one. But, uh, I mean, essentially, if you look at it, um, by uh, pro sports standards, two of the three games were ties. So 
I guess it ended up being exciting, right? So <laughs> you can't complain when the football's that close. It just would have been nice if it was a more complete game for both teams and not one team, one team. Um, makes it hard to watch. Um, but in the end, we got we got our money's worth for sure from the game. Um, and uh, you got to love the comebacks. I, and, I mean, I again, I picked Winnipeg, to, 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 and, and I probably was cheering more for Winnipeg than BC, but in the end, when it's not a team that's your diehard team, you got to appreciate a good comeback, and that's what it was. It was a good comeback, and hey, in the the last quarter, I'd watch that over again. <laughs> it was exciting. I, w- I wish I could. to the TV. Yeah, like it was good. It was. It ended. It ended well, and it was. It was. There was positives from both sides throughout the game. Like Charles said, even though it was seventeen nothing, BC looked okay. I was surprised they weren't bringing more to the table at the time because of the, the what happened the game before, but uh, but they definitely decided to wake up. I mean, the goal line stance that BC did was phenomenal. I mean, Solly, when he come through and hit Chris uh, Streveler there and drove him back, like he, that's hard to do. Chris, he's a big quarterback, and he's Who got that power to him. And that was, yeah, like it was that was a that was a pure heart play, which is what you expect from Solly. And you weren't seeing that, you know, like I saw him miss a couple tackles. And that's just not right, <laughs> you know. And but then, but when that when you do that goal line stance and you you shut them, and not only did they they, they hold, but they actually made them lose yards in yeah. three attempts. It was amazing. That that's football. That's what everybody likes. And it don't matter what team you're cheering for. Like I said, I mean, it sucks if you're a Winnipeg fan, but you still got to watch that goal line stance and go, you know, that's football. <laughs> It sucks it was my team that couldn't get through, but, man, that's, that was good stuff. I enjoyed that. Okay, so here's my take on this game. It was a wonderful game. I was excited, and I was with Will. I almost shut the thing off at, at halftime, and I'm going, no, I can't do that. i got to keep watching. BC actually looked like they started to play football late in the second half or second quarter, and I was going, okay, does this mean that they're finally going to get their shit together? Oh, they're going to score seven points right at the end, and it's going to be a close game going into, into halftime, and then they poor clock management, and I went, Jesus. But they started to play good football, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to watch the second half. I'm always going to watch the second half. I mean, last week was very challenging, and I can't say I watched all of it, but um, this one was okay. So, But here's where I want to talk about this game. And, yeah, there was pros and cons. There was good coaching calls. There was bad coaching calls. There was good plays. There was bad plays. Uh, O'Shea or his special teams coordinator with that onside kick, who was expecting that? Nobody. That was Uh, brilliant. It was brilliant. Absolutely. Great play. Kudos to him. You know, and, and, you know, Jeff Reinhardt, if you get caught again this year with that, then I got nothing to say about you. I mean, BC used to get caught all the time with this. Um, but that's why you came in, guru, right? Special teams guru. Uh, don't get caught again. It's, it's not working for me if you do. Um, at the 13-minute mark of the fourth quarter, there was a, a, a blitz on by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Travis Lulee is, is in the pockets going back to pass. And there was an absolute great – he throws the ball not well. Uh, it, it fell down. It was incomplete. It was, there was a great tackle by Tristan Ogopogo. And I, does anybody know who Ogopogo is? Anyhow. I do. I live in B.C. 
I do. I do. I do. I do. Okay. He's a fictitious sea monster in the Okanagan Lake. Okay. So, uh, anyhow, Tristan nails Travis Lule. It's not a late hit. It's not a bad hit. It's a good football play. He absolutely rocks him. It was a good tackle. Okay. Not saying that. Absolutely not. Good play. Okay. It didn't, and the ball, he interfered with the throw. The ball went, it, it, it was a great play. He's down on the ground, and as he's getting up, he takes his elbow and pushes Travis's neck, pushing his face down into the ground, and then as he gets up, he pulls his knee up and smashes it into a helmet. Was it hard? Was it an intent to injure? No, it wasn't, but it was unsportsmanlike. And I'm getting a lot of flack from Bomber fans on this one because they're saying, oh, it's not that bad. Well, they're starting to sound like Ryder fans. Every play, everything their team does is legal as long as they don't get caught. Okay? They just want to, you know, oh, it, it's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it was a late hit or not. It doesn't matter. It's a football play. This is not a football play. This was pure after the play was over. This was unsportsmanlike. It should have been flagged. And I hope there's disciplinary actions from the league on this. I know I'm going to get some flack on this one. And this is one of the reasons why Mark's not here, because he doesn't want to defend this play. Uh, He would have to, and he's not going to. So, you know, that's why he's taking the night off. Uh, And Todd won't ever phone in. I know he's going to bitch at me in a minute. Um, But, you, you can't do th- shit like this. Now, the league is either serious or they're not. Now, the second part of this for me is Tristan goes off the field. He's injured, okay? He's injured. He's, he, he got a finger in the eye, and he runs off the field. So he's now on the sidelines trying to get his eye fixed. He realizes that the next play, he's, he's actually supposed to be on the field. So he runs back onto the field and then dives like a soccer player down on the ground, throws his helmet off, and holds his eye. Well, I understand the rules in the CFL to be if you are injured on the field, great. If you are capable of exiting the field, you must do so. If not, you can lay down and have the medical team come out and get you. Okay? He ran off the field. He was actually off the field, ran back on, and took a dive. He did this so that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers did not get a procedure penalty because they didn't have the correct manpower on the field. So is that not delaying the game? Is that not the true description of delaying the game? So why wasn't he flagged there? So this guy should have got two flags in one play. Now, I I don't know. I'm just completely at a loss. Anybody want to rebuttal this, or can we go off and close off this game? Chris, did you see that? I only saw it when you posted it. I didn't notice it in the game because I was P- I was watching it on PVR, so I was watching the plays and then kind of fast-forwarding at certain points to get it in because I was watching it late last night. Um, Is that a football I, play? Uh, no, but... Yes. <laughs> Does that make okay? Okay. Well, let me. But that stuff is happening every single play inside the line of scrimmage where you can't see it. Uh, I agree, and, but not with and, the quarterback. But not with it's the quarterback. Not, it's not supposed to happen with the quarterback. If two O linemen and or a the, lineman and a D lineman go at each other, I'm all for that. You know what? Give the guy an extra shot. Make him know who's there. 
Okay. Well, you That's never, you about. never get it. Yeah, yeah. You never get up when you're when you get pancaked or you get when whenever you're getting up, you always give the extra shots on the line. You always do. And I think that Tristan, of course, is a lineman, so he pro- he he did it because he's used to doing it. Would I have complained if a flag was thrown? No, because that back judge should have been watching that and he should have seen that. It should have been right in his peripheral vision to see it. It's a quarterback. It's a different story, and we're trying to protect them because we're losing too many as it is. Um, it wasn't flagged. I didn't see it during the game. Um, I, if the ref saw it, he should have thrown the flag, and I wouldn't have complained about the flag being thrown. It not being thrown, if he didn't see it, well, we don't see everything, right? But I, I struggle with it a bit. The eye thing, you know what? It's the same thing as Saskatchewan pretending to be hurt four or five times in a row to stop the uh, the no huddle offense last year, right? Everybody knew what they were doing. Everybody was knew what was happening, but it's very hard to flag it. And he didn't actually make it all the way off the field. He actually was running towards the go off. Was told yelled at that he had to be back on. He went back on, and then one of the other back big hill just go, just go down. Yeah. yeah, Big Hill just told him go, go, go down, go down, and and again, if they would have thrown a delay of game penalty, I wouldn't have lost my mind or argued it. It it, it could have very well been, but I think he I he must wear contact lenses. I don't know if he got poked in the eye. I think he had a lens shift on him, mm-hmm. and he was trying to find it and get it in. I think I they should have, have taken a that. timeout. I think they should have been given. I think they should have made them take a timeout for that, and mm-hmm. that would have probably been more appropriate. And if I was if I was O'Shea, I probably maybe would have just taken the timeout. But whatever. I, it, that one's a tough one because it doesn't happen very often. And he didn't make it all the way off the field. He was going to make it off the field, then he was going to try and go back and play. And then Big Hill just said, "Stop being stupid, go down." So it yeah. still went the way it should go. I, I just, yeah, I would have been much no, happier no if O'Shea just, th- well, says, just said, you know, timeout. Um, but, yeah, I, the Obelugo one was, it was excessive, and it probably, it, it should have been a flag. I would have never argued that it's a football play and it's part of football and it shouldn't be flagged. I think every one of them should be flagged if they're seen. The problem is usually you don't see that little stuff, right? And 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 that one should have been caught. That one should have been seen. The backup should have or the the backup should have been looking right at that. <laughs> That's his job. And his job. I'm surprised they didn't throw a flag. And it there it should have been flagged. It should have been flagged. Anybody arguing that's a football play is wrong. It happens. And there's a difference. It happens in football and it's part of football. But that doesn't make it legal. <laughs> it just means that you can't see it and it happens in the line because there's bodies everywhere and the refs can't see everything. That one yeah. was pretty obvious, and, and it all happened very visibly because the camera was looking right at it. Like, when you posted that video, there was no mistaking that both those things happened. And the ref should have been right there as well. Like, where the camera's pointed, the ref should be looking too. But, you know, the ref's looking at something else, or he's daydreaming for a split second and and just doesn't talk it up. I, I You know, I don't know. It was weird. It happens. It, it, it was a mistake by the refs, um, and it should have been flagged. But, yeah. you know, mistakes happen at, at, at that point, too. And it, he's never going to get hurt from it, right? It wasn't intent. You're right. It wasn't not an intent to injure. That, that, that was just rubbing your face in the dirt kind of stuff. It was very, 
very childish stuff, but it, you, guys, people that play, they know what happens every play, right? Like I just, it just, it, 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 there was no risk to Lule getting hurt in that situation for what I, I happened, don't think there was an and that's why injury. people argued it. No, no, there, it, it would never have hurt him. It was just disrespectful. Yes, and you know it happens all the time. A linebacker will take a take an extra shot at a running back. You know, no problems. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. That's football. You know, they're they're out there. They're 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 saying you know, yelling and screaming about who's got a bigger dick. I'm I'm okay with all of that, right? I mean, that's football. These guys are men. They're off there fighting, and somebody's got to get the shot in. But you don't take liberties on the quarterback, and that was beyond a liberty. No, That's and, my I mean, point. you couldn't argue that. You couldn't argue that it was beyond. It was it was disrespectful, and it was unsportsmanlike conduct. It is unsportsmanlike conduct every time it happens, and and it was visible enough. It should have been called. That it was why that penalty miss. is there. Yep, it was definitely a miss. You I know, mean, if you're going to throw a flag for using certain, or you, are you going to throw a flag for unsportsmanlike conduct when somebody says something? Then that sure the hell is unsportsmanlike conduct because that was doing something, not just saying something. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, no, I. My point. I know where Charles' position on this. Will, do you have anything to say? Um, I don't. I don't think it was that bad, to be honest with you. I've I don't think it was numerous bad. times before. I've seen it numerous times before. I mean, once again, I mean, we could get into the whole discussion of the referees and their inconsistencies because I know. What's his name? Wild for Winnipeg got a roughing the passer call earlier in the game, and I'm my God, he, he tapped Lule on the helmet. I mean, it was nothing, and he still got a roughing the passer call, totally unintentional. So they called that too. I mean, they miss some, and they catch some ones that are not very bad, and and it just it's just it's just too inconsistent, and it makes me a little. It makes me crazy some days, so there's not much I can say about it. I mean, and that that officiating crew, I don't think they're that good. I'd rather have the Mr. Potato Head officiating instead, you know what I mean? He's actually not a bad ref. He's just funny as hell to listen to. Yes. Okay, he's actually a good official. Uh, But that's my take on that thing. I don't know why you call him Mr. Potato Head, though. Andre Brew? Because 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 they could never find him a hat that fits his head, and he looks like Mr. Potato Head on the on the on the broadcast. Next okay. time you see him, look at him, okay? Because I every time I see him, I just start to laugh. I'm sorry. Then he gets the ref cam, and it was probably pulling his you, hat off. You know me. You know me. I'm all about style, okay? So. And I mean, if the hat if the hat doesn't fit, don't wear it. Okay, it's pretty yeah. simple. Yeah, so. no, for sure. Okay, let's wrap this one up. Winnipeg, BC. BC won this one, twenty to seventeen, on a walk-off field goal with no time left on the clock. Charles, twenty-four seventeen. Yes. Oh, okay, let's see. Mark and Chris both picked Winnipeg, so they're out of the contention. Will, 34-18. That was a little high. Good. Pretty close on the on the Winnipeg score, but uh, BC didn't get that much. Charles, you 24-17, buddy. Out by four points. Victory is win. yours. No, What's it that? isn't. No, it's not. No, 
BCE. You CJ beat picks me. BC 21-18. I'm out by two points. CJ gets a victory. Yay! 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 Do you hear the crowd out there? They're cheering me on. Nope. Uh, no? Okay, shit. I didn't, didn't hear nothing. I don't win many. So when I get them, I get the drum roll. Okay, so that's the we're gonna wrap up those games. That's that is what week six? No, week five. Week five is completed. So we're looking at the standings here in the Western Division. We got Calgary at the top with four and zero, oh, no doubt about that. Edmonton in second place, three and two, but they played five games. Everybody else has played four, so they need to come into a bye week pretty quick. BC at two and two. Uh, Saskatchewan at two and two. BC's ahead of Saskatchewan simply because we scored more pathetic points than Saskatchewan did. Okay, Saskatchewan only scored seventy nine points and BC scored eighty three points, which is pathetic. Okay, and in last place in the Western Division, we have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are now two and three losses because they've played five games, haven't had their bye yet. But they've scored 161 points, almost double, almost double what BC has. But they've actually played an extra game, and they did get to play, beat the shit out of Montreal, where BC took Montreal as a warm-up game. Uh, beside the point, I'm not, I'm not belittling Winnipeg's productivity because it's pretty awesome. But they've also given up 113 points, which is almost the highest in the league. Uh, only Montreal and Edmonton have given up more points than Winnipeg. So their defense really sucks. Uh, Eastern Division, we have Ottawa. Uh, they've all played four games in the Eastern Division. So Ottawa is tops at 500. Okay? Give it a break. Seriously, the number one team is 500. Uh, number two, uh, Hamilton also two and two. Uh, Toronto one and three. Montreal one and three. Both down and pathetic at the bottom. Eight. Toronto and Montreal are tied with 61 points for each other, like for the season so far. Why are we telling putting Montreal in the basement all the time? I don't understand that one. Anyhow, okay. So that's game. Let's jump over to segment number four here. Because uh, usually segment four is a team. It's a game, but it's not. not this it's week. the first one here. Not this week, because we only had three games. Argos, Dylan Wynn has been given a, a one-game suspension for his, sit, for his hit. His shit. He shit on C.J. Gable. Uh, is the punishment stiff enough, or should the league send more of a message? Well, here's the answer. So what happened is um, C.J. Gable's running the ball, because that's what he does, and he does it very well. And he is tackled, and it's a questionable tackle, okay? The, 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 the defender led with his helmet, they, they collided, both heads made contact. I believe at that point in time, C.J. Gable was knocked unconscious and fell to the ground defenseless. And this Dylan Wynn came in, hands down, head down, and direct head into C.J.'s head while he's down on the ground. Now, whether he was unconscious or not, I don't know, but it didn't, he looked pretty lifeless. And then he's attacked after the play is over, and he is flagged. Why he wasn't ejected from the game, I don't know. But I'm impressed that the league actually came out with a one-game suspension before the weekend was o- over. I mean, it was 
Saturday that the, he had announced this uh, after the Friday night game. And uh, usually the disciplinary action doesn't come out till Tuesday or Wednesday. Is it stiff enough? One game suspensions don't seem to be enough. Tyrese Bear gets one. Dylan Wins gets one. Somebody else has got one. They don't mean that much. You want to send a message? You got to do better than that. It's not working in my books. You can't. You, if you want to protect the players, especially the marquee players, the quarterbacks and the running backs, then you you have to up the game here, buddy. That you you can't just be dishing out a one game suspension. It doesn't mean anything. It's not affecting the play. This guy's going to turn around and do it again. Kyrie Seabair does it all the time. He's had three or four one-game suspensions. Does it make a difference? No, he still plays like an asshole. So how do you punish these guys? I mean, it is only an 18-game season. Can't take them out for four or five games. It would would impede the ability of a team to, to, to play football. How do you suspend? How do you deal with this? You get the maximum fine is half a game's pay. This is a more than a, the maximum fine because he actually loses an entire game's pay because he's suspended for one game. Uh, how do you do? How do you how do you send the message that this play type of play is unacceptable? This is just wrong. And why the hell wasn't he ejected from the game? Chris, I'm going to bring you to the bat first. Um, I'd, the ejection thing is a good question because I thought Hubert should have been ejected too because you're essentially trying to hurt the person. I, I There's no, you know, you can't tell intent and blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry, but when you make yourself a projectile with your head first, there's no other outcome but to hurt people. Like that, that, that to me is irrelevant at that point because I don't need to know his intent. I, his intent's fairly clear. And those people should be ejected for the game. They should be suspended for a game, and they should get max fine. So in the end, uh, you'd be actually losing, like, two games pay because you're getting ejected from the game. You shouldn't get full pay for that game. You lose the game, and you get half a game for the next game fine. And then I think what they need to start doing, if this is going to continue in this route, is the next time you have an issue like this, it's two games. The next time you have an issue, you're, you're gone. You're out of the league. Three strikes, you're out. Because a game, people have to accept that the, a game suspension in 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 a football season is a big deal. I mean, they, you know, you can't compare it to baseball or hockey or they they play eighty, a hundred games. So four Agreed. games is, you know, like like a, a game out of eighteen is a eight eighteenth of your pay and and a fine on top of it. So you can't just start randomly upping it. And I mean. This one was totally not not unexpected because they set the precedence with the Hebert incident that it was going to be a game. But I don't think there's anything wrong with, especially with the PA coming up, uh, uh, and, and just clearly standing. Like if you're going to get if it's fine, if it's suspension worthy, I don't even care what it is. If you get suspended for play a play on the field for intent to injure or for spearing or for whatever the heck it is, if it's that severe. You get one game, you get two games, and then you, you're gone from the league. If you cannot fix your issues in in a three-strike system, 
you don't belong to play the game because you're going to end. The argument is always that you're going to end someone else's career, or and your that career could be a very, uh, yeah, and that could be like with a bearer that you're talking about somebody that's probably got maybe five, six, ten years ahead of him. He's at the last year of his career or last one or two. Like, I wins new too, but I mean. You know, like you just can't have that as part of the game. It's not, it doesn't need to be there. There was no reason for either of those hits. Those hits are not part of football. You cannot make that argument. It's not, it does not need to be. I'll I'll take the first hit. The first hit was what it is. I mean, it happened. Um, again, you said it was borderline and I wouldn't argue with that, but, but they didn't throw the flag right away. I mean, head to head is horrible, but it does happen when everybody's spinning around and, Jostling it, it, around, it happens. But there isn't intent at that point in time. The, the intent is to tackle the pl- the player, and right? you make a poor decision and have your head, your helmet sticking out more than your hands. It, exactly. Right? Like is that, there an intent to injure at that play point? The first tackle, I do not believe there was. Okay. No. It, was it a borderline but, play? Should he have been flagged for that? Possibly. I don't care whether he, he was. I wouldn't be. Yeah. And as you said, I wouldn't be offended if he was. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he should have got flagged for that one. But the win hit, I, I I don't know why he wasn't ejected. I really don't. But again, I make that I make the same argument with Haber. Somebody was around Daniel's ankles. It was he was the second man in. Daniels was not going anywhere, and he launched himself at him with his head first. He made himself a freaking weapon. Why wasn't he ejected for that? Like the flag gets thrown, and okay, but again. I think that I think both of them should have been ejected. I think you should be immediately ejected for that kind of behavior in a game. So I agree with you on that. But I, I think again, precedent's been set a bit that they they haven't, and uh, I think that needs to change too. But I would like to see some sort of announcement from them saying that they got like they're going to this. You know, it gets worse as you go, so that the Hebert thing doesn't keep happening, right? Well, I, th- like I think that, that I think that is in in play, is it not? No, because then Hebert wouldn't be in the league anymore because he's definitely gotten more than three strikes. I, I understand, but they, you, 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 there has to be a line drawn in the sand and anything I, up forward from that, not things from behind. Yeah. You can't grandfather No, 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 no for in. sure. So I, no, I, no, I thought that that was something that, that uh, this new commission put in place. I, I know they have that policy for drug testing. You test positive yes, on drugs. drugs. One game, two games, yeah. three games out of the league. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever the, the policy they, is. They don't have for the uh, for play suspensions though. No, they have to bring it into the the negotiations for the CBA. So. Okay. The league would have so, to agree to it, so it hasn't been agreed to. So to answer your question, uh, a one game suspension in the CFL is equivalent to four point five in the CF in the NHL. Yeah. A, so, in, in percentage I mean, of season, not in dollars, but percentage of season. Yeah. Yeah. How much you're losing as a part of your salary? Yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, I, you know, like, could again, this comes down to the exactly what we were just talking about. Would I bitch if it was two games? No. But am I really super upset that it's only one game? No, because I understand why. But I would love for them to address it and move forward with some sort of system where if you are a repeat offender and you continue to play recklessly, that there is a system in place for you to continue to get worse punishment and at some point be finally ejected from the league. I think that's fair, and I think that it's 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 answering the safety question. Because if you can't clean up your game and you're you're that out of control, you don't you're going to end somebody's career or hurt somebody severe. 
and uh, it's just not. It's that's not football. That's not a football play. That's not that has no place in football or any sport. Period. Agreed. So hang on there, Sec Charles. Will go ahead. What's your thoughts um, on Dylan Wynn? I, I I I can't disagree with Chris at all. Um, but I think in reality, I don't know when players do these things in a game why they don't they don't get punted from the game immediately. If you get an objectionable penalty call or objectionable conduct call, I think you should be ejected right away. I should think you should still get another one game suspension after that. And if you do it a second time, it's a two game suspension. And I'm not crazy about banning them from the league if they have a third, but what I would say is if they have a third they're suspended for the rest of the season. And most teams are going to drop them, even if they're suspended for the rest of the season. And I don't know if another team will pick them up. But I, I really think something has to be done. Something has to be done a lot a lot more serious. I mean, you haven't seen, and I don't know if it's because of the way uh, Michael always played, you haven't seen anybody pick him up, have you, since he got released from the nope. NFL. And I'm wondering what that's all about. Okay, if people don't want that kind of player or they don't have room for that kind of player, I don't know. But I think the the, the suspension should be the thing, and I think they should be ejected from the game immediately. I mean, yeah, Tyrese Bear, he should have been ejected because it 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 you know then you got guys looking to go out and headhunt other guys because of his actions. And I don't think that does any good for the game whatsoever. So, Well, you got the Bertuzzi thing here, right? So if Kyrie Seabair takes out the player or if Dylan Wynn takes out the player, does the other team now retaliate? And is it going to be severe? You're, all of a sudden you've got vigilanteism in the middle of the football game. You get your thing out of control, and the officials have to get a handle of this. It, it's so much yeah. easier to nip it in the butt. And just eject him right on the spot. You're gone. Absolutely. Get out of here, pond scum. Absolutely. Because the last thing you want is the next play, somebody just turning out and lambasting him, right? And 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 I would do yep. that. You you take liberties on my player like that? I'm coming after you. This whole discussion that I had about this Travis Lule and Ogopogo. I am pissed off at the BC Lions offensive line for not dealing with that situation right there. I, I, I would accept I was the 15-yard penalty. And I was going to say the exact same thing, okay? Because that's, that's what I was taught from a very young age, okay? You don't, you don't let anybody mess with your quarterback. No. And if it happens, it happens. You know what I mean? And I'm surprised that nobody – but. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why nobody did anything, but, you know, it's hard to say. You don't take liberties with the quarterback. The O-line should have come unglued. Okay, Charles. Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same play as everybody else here. Um, you can't uh, – personally, I think he should get two games. It's probably a little more um, aggressive, but – that was a, simply a cheap shot. There was no other possible reason for him doing that uh, other than the fact that he was really basically headhunting him. 
And it was done intentionally. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't like he just uh, fell on him or something like that. He targeted his helmet and speared him. And he got taken off on the uh, stretcher. I'm sorry. As far as I'm concerned, that should be two games. You do something that stupid and you intend to injure somebody, then you should sit for a couple games. And, yeah, people might say, oh, that's harsh, that's harsh. Well, a guy got carried off the field on a stretch. Well, you know what? In this case, he didn't. He actually did get up and walk off under his own power. He probably shouldn't have. I don't know why they let him do that. They should have taken him off just as a precaution. But it was a cheap shot, and that should not have happened. And he should suffer for it. Um, Why he wasn't ejected, I don't know. That didn't make any sense because that was just a vicious shot. He should have been booted out, but... It is what it is, but uh, I'm glad that the league uh, acted quickly on it. Instead of waiting for two or three days, they were decisive. They laid it down, but if it were me, I would have liked to have seen them get two games. What if he suspended for one game is the minimum and or as long as the player that he has injured is removed is incapable of playing. I've always liked that rule personally. You put someone out for that long, then you should sit he, out. Well, I, I've argued this in hockey before too that this should be the rule. Okay, CJ Gable is, is concussed right now. He may or may not be able to play next week. He may not or may or may not be able to play in the next three or four weeks. We don't know what, how long concussion symptoms come. So should Wynn be allowed to play football until CJ can? I don't know. If it were up to me, no. Probably, I mean, that's never going to happen. I don't think the Players Association would ever agree to it. But if it were up to me, I would have no problem with that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a thought, food for thought, something to argue with. Moving on. Moving on. Bo Levi-Bitt Mitchell was knocked out of last week's game, this week's game in Ottawa. How serious do we think the injury is, and is he healthy? BML is imperative to the Stamps' success. Well, I don't believe he's imperative to the Stamps' success. I think the Stamps have an unbelievable football team, and look at their defense just proves it. it, Last time I checked, Bo Levi Mitchell was not playing on the defense like Deron Carter is in Regina. Um, So... Mitchell was seen jogging on the sidelines during the game. Um, he probably could have and would have gone back into the game. I kudos to Dave Dickinson to keep for keeping him out. Uh, why risk your marquee quarterback at this point in the season? Uh, especially when the game was completely out of hand for Ottawa, they did, had no hope in coming back. Uh, they weren't playing good football. So why would he come back? And as Chris said, I kind of like the idea of holding him out against Montreal because if Calgary needs a quarterback to beat Montreal, I think they could do it just with the defense. Um, yeah, just, yeah, maybe Arbuckle's not a starter in this league. Maybe he's not there yet, but give him some reps. Let him play football in this game because why would you risk Mitchell out there? Even if he's 100%. Uh, Chris, you're 100%. You're correct here, buddy. I agree with you. Um, there's no reason to put Mitchell back in there. Let him let him rest off the 
aches and pains. He doesn't get hit many times. So the little princess isn't used to this. So, um, you know, just let him recover. I'm good with that. <laughs> Willie, talk about your qu- quarterback here. I think we all talked about it already during the game, so in the game review. So I don't know what else we got to add here. We have all talked about it. I hope he's not that hurt. And yeah, it was so a good I. idea to keep him. It was a good idea to keep him out. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, should they play him against Montreal? My mother could beat Montreal if she's been dead for twelve years. So, um, I don't know. You know, I mean, he's your starter. You should play your starter. But, hey, I have no problem with him not. And I hope, you see, the thing is, we looked at the hit. It wasn't that bad of a hit. But you never know what is in there structurally, and I'm sure they've had all the tests done, and we'll see what happens. So, because they're not saying much. No, they're not. They're not. But then there's never much said in a Huffnagel football team. No. He, no, he very rarely makes any comments about anything else, and Dave Dickinson is not much different. No, no, no. So, right. we okay. shall see. Chris, do you have not. anything to add? Just uh, the only comment I'll make is, I guess, I think he should sit out in Montreal. I think Arbuckle's fine to play for Montreal, and if he does go into for Montreal, he, they better put a brace on him. That's the only other it, thing is, I and because. He's gotten more mobile, and he's probably used to. He dropped the weight, and he's faster. And that the, the 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 brace will mess with that a little bit, and he might fight it. But if they're gonna let him play, put a friggin' brace on it. He doesn't need one probably, but it's just that extra support in case something else happens, right? It just so makes I think say about sit him. it too. Yeah, if I say sit him, but if he's not, he better be wearing a, a brace on that right right knee because that's only just the only smart thing to do. Is this insulting to Montreal if we, we sit Bo Levi Mitchell in the next game? Uh, a healthy Mitchell? Oh, too bad. Uh, I, the better I, team. I think they've heard way worse insults than that, so I don't think it's that insulting. Charles. <laughs> I think the dumpster fire thing is way more insulting. That's well, true. Tire fire. It's bigger. Tire fire. Anything add to anything to add, Charles? Uh, I think the Stampeders do need him long-term. Uh, I honestly think, uh, like Chris, they can get by Montreal without him. So uh, unless there's uh, 100%, just leave him out. Let uh, Arbuckle uh, play. Uh, I still think they'll be able to get by them. And if they have, and if he struggles and they don't, you have the luxury of putting him in. Uh, I wouldn't bother starting him, to be honest. So, um, But... Um, it doesn't look like it's too, too serious. Um, it looks like he'll be okay. But, um, you know, give the kid uh, some reps. You are playing Montreal. Sorry, Montreal. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. You guys just aren't very good. Um, but it's, um, I think, personally, um, he's um, – they're good without him. But long-term, I do think they need him because – whether you think he's an elite quarterback or not, he's got a lot of experience, and um, you take his experience uh, out, it can't uh, help. Uh, it can't uh, help, but uh, you know, um, hurt a team to lose a quarterback with that experience. Yeah, without question. Okay, moving on. Uh, 
the Premier of Nova Scotia, the Honorable Stephen McNeil, uh, says no tax dollars, no provincial tax dollars will be used to fund a football stadium. Is this the right stance for him to take? And can the Halifax group move forward without government assistance? Well, we know there is no federal money coming to a stadium. That has been made clear year after year after year after year. That being said, with Trudeau in power right now, we don't know where the hell he's going to throw money. So he might say, hey, this is a good idea for the CFL. We need a stadium. We need another team in Nova Scotia and, and throw a bucket full of money at them. Um, but we haven't heard that yet. And with no provincial money, that means that the city is responsible for this and, and or the group. The only thing i got to say, it's a bad idea to have a football team in Nova Scotia. This just proves my point. Charles. Well, if, if the government uh, is saying that um, um, they're not putting up any money and they're not overjoyed and uh, rushing to give um, tax money to a stadium to bring a pro team there, what does that say about the – in general? I mean, these guys, you would think that a city uh, like that that has no professional sports whatsoever, they might be somewhat uh, – have an appetite to put up some money to um, build a sports team. He's saying, no, it isn't going to happen. So that's somewhat of a red flag for me in terms of Halifax. If if the the provincial government saying, no, we're not, uh, we're not putting – kicking in any provincial money for it, well, it sounds to me that they're not uh, super on board of even having a team there. They don't seem to really care one way or the other. So is that a um, kind of a um, uh, sample of the entire area in general? So I don't know if they've got to, can raise enough money between this ownership group and if the pro, and if the uh, local government's going to kick anything in, but. Um, this is probably a step backwards uh, for the possibility of a team in Halifax. No doubt about that one, William. I'm not. I'm not going to say I don't care, but you don't care. You know what? I I have a problem with. I have a problem with the Stampeders if they look for federal money for a stadium, for example. To be honest. I don't want to spend any more money on football stadiums. It's pretty simple. Okay. Um, I, 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 I still don't, I still don't think Eastern Canada is a good idea. And, and I'm a big supporter of Eastern Canada, but I'm sorry. They're a hockey town. They're hockey people. And I don't know if the CFO would go there. It might, but, would it be just as good as all the other Eastern teams in Toronto and places like that, which, you know, they're okay, and we need them to survive, but I don't know if we should waste our time with another Eastern team. Just me. But on the other hand, you know what? If uh, there was an Eastern team, then maybe Winnipeg would go back in the East and maybe they'd have the possibility of winning a great cup some year. So... Yes, Mark. I know I'm in trouble for saying that, but I don't care. So, you don't that's care. That's my thoughts. That's my thoughts. That's my okay. thoughts. Sorry. 
Chris. Yes, it's the right call to not give them provincial money to build a stadium. Make the group come up with it or the town come up with it, then you know that there's support for it and it'll be successful. If it's all paid for by the government, then it could be another huge dud and a waste of everybody's time. So I think it's a good call by the Premier and and it, it, it might be a setback, but hey, life sucks. Get it, Get it together or don't have it, right? I don't want yeah. another team that is, is going to flounder. They need to show that they're going to actually be able to support a team. And if that means that they can raise enough money to build a stadium between Halifax and the ownership group, great. That means they got the money and the support. Then I'll support it. But throwing provincial money at it's a bad call, and I agree with the Premier. It shouldn't, they shouldn't spend a dollar on it. Silly. Not, not with the amount of unemployment that there is in Halifax, in Nova Scotia right now. Yep. No, it's just silliness. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh... – Charles, you went on this one. You went first, so uh, rapid and walking on. Uh, Ottawa reporter Don Brennan says he has no confidence in the Red Blacks quarterback, Trevor Harris. Is this a feeling that's starting to spread leak wide? He is a very inconsistent quarterback at this point in time. He has some good games, he has some okay games, and he has some damn awful shitty games. And yet we're only in week five of the CFL season. Uh, and if we can say that already, he's very inconsistent. Uh, as a fan, Ottawa Red Black fan, uh, which is they're kind of my team for the Eastern Division that I kind of cheer for when I can, they're not doing what they need to do over there. They're a mediocre team at best, and uh, their quarterback is not stepping up and playing the game. So is this the feeling spreading across the league wide? I, I, it's going to happen. If we go to Labor Day and they're still floundering, uh, they're going to be calling for his head. But then who do they have to replace him? Nobody. William, what do you think of Trevor Harris? Trevor Harris has not played good this year. Um, John Jennings. Do they have somebody to replace him? Well, you know what? They've been playing Dominic Davis an awful lot lately. And maybe maybe they're thinking he's the guy. And he hasn't looked that bad in comparison to Trevor Harris. I mean, you know, I'm. Uh, I think who does who does BC play next? I think they play Ottawa. Do they? We Ottawa. play Ottawa next this week coming up on Friday. Yep. And in Ottawa or BC? In Ottawa. It's in Ottawa. You know, I because of what BC's done lately. I'm thinking I'm going to pick BC because they have Travis Lule and and Trevor Harris just not has not looked good. I mean they had that great game against uh, Saskatchewan, their first game of the year, and that's, that's as far as it's gone. And and Calgary made them look pretty made them look pretty bad. So maybe yep. there's time for quarterback change there too. But will they do that because they're paying him all that money? So. Hard to say. Hard to say. Charles. Hard to say. Trevor Harris is such an enigma because, as I said before, one day he looks like a, a top three quarterback in the CFL, and the next time it looked like uh, he shouldn't uh, even be a should, starter. So should play for uh, Montreal. Just, and like I said earlier, it seems that there's no middle ground with Trevor Harris. He's either good or he's awful. 
there doesn't seem to be a middle of the road with him, and that's concerning because you never know what kind of guy's going to show up. He had a, a, a god-awful game against the Stampeders last week, uh, and he may come out and throw for 400 yards next week against BC. I hope he doesn't, but, I mean, it's certainly possible. And so that's where you can never get a read on the guy. So going into games that um, uh, you don't know uh, which Trevor Harris is going to show up is really concerning, quite frankly. So uh, I don't know. He's just consistently inconsistent and has really been that since he went to Ottawa. Um, Even back in the year when they won the Grey Cup, uh, he had the chance basically to take over the starting job from Henry Burris once Burris went down with the injury, and he couldn't hold it, and ended up giving the job back to him. So, um, yeah, but he got yeah, he got I, injured. He did. That's that's a fair comment. But uh, even in the last couple of years, um, just hasn't shown the consistency you need to have. So, I do think it's starting to spread around because I've seen more and more people commenting about his inconsistency. Okay, Chris, you got anything to add? Well, just he's starting to remind me a lot of Kevin Glenn. And, I mean, Kevin Glenn had a pretty long career, but it was a lot of time as a backup quarterback, not as a starter. So, yeah, that's about it. He just He's just not consistent enough. Okay. Uh, we're running out of time here, and that's okay, because I love talking about football, and I love how this show's gone. We've had some great, great discussions. Charles, do you want to read the next segment? Because I don't know what you're trying to say. Okay, I will read the next segment if you just uh, give me two seconds to pull it up here. All right. Um, um, okay. Do we now have uh, mail what sheet? Am I, what am I trying to – sorry, that's uh, spell check beat me again. That should say teams in the CFL will be starting teams. to wear pads okay. on the – Yeah, I don't know why it says Rams. That's a stupid spell check again. Or at least okay. that's what I'm blaming it on. We'll be starting to wear patches on their jerseys for the league sponsors, Michelin and Cal Tire. Is this a valid form of generating revenue for the league? Or should the league shy away from turning the players into walking billboards? Okay. Um, well, we cons- we currently have a, uh, a Rona badge on them, and we have a badge for something else, CN or something, CP. Yep. And... Uh, as long as they keep it limited to one or two like that, if they're going to start looking like NASCAR drivers, I am not going for that. It's the, it's or turning into the, hockey. Oh, I don't know. I've never seen that. Oh, uh, it's awful. Is it? Okay. Well, tur- no, don't turn them into walking billboards. We're here to watch football, not to watch sponsorship names but let's face it we can't play football without the sponsors out there and and this is a a, a big sponsorship with cal tire and michelin tires so uh yeah i don't have a problem with them putting on a bat i just don't want to keep adding to them are they going to remove one and to add this on or are they going to just like start putting them all over the place because that's wrong i don't know chris no, I have nothing to add because you hit it right on the on nail on the head. Like, I, 100%. I, I couldn't uh, add anything to what you said. That's exactly how I feel. If you need them, they're going to need to be there, but don't make it ridiculous. Yeah. One or two, you know, whatever is good. It's it, 
as long as they're not obtuse and we're not obtuse. But you know, they're not looking stupid, right? They're not like yeah. being rude about it. Um, yeah. Okay. Will. Uh, I'm all about making money. I'd say plaster them with whatever they want to. If it makes them money, I don't care. NASCAR. I'm not going to take away from my football experience. I don't. Wow. I don't wear team jerseys anyways. So, you know. Yeah, but my team jerseys don't have uh, logos on them. So. No, just, neither do just mine. my team. I, I I would never I, I would never accept a jersey with Rona's little name tag on it. That's not going to happen. And then, okay. and then I wonder, I wonder, I tend to wonder if they're going to say something next year because they got to find another Jersey company next year. Right. Yeah. Maybe they also have a say in it too. We'll probably get all new jerseys. That's why. Um, to be honest though, what I don't want and what really annoys me, uh, I don't want them turning into freaking soccer jerseys. If you've ever seen, especially the MLS, if you look at the jerseys, like the Vancouver Whitecaps jersey has a big bell logo right in the middle of the jersey. You, they have a small team logo on, like, the shoulder, and I think it looks ridiculous. If I'm a fan, I'm not going out and buying a jersey with a bell logo on it. What do I want that for? It's ridiculous. Agreed. Hey, uh... Christopher, will you promise me you'll kick Charles off the podcast if he uh, if he if he buys a soccer jersey? <laughs> well, I'm not going to buy any soccer jersey, period. But if I was okay, like a fan you. and they had a, I, if I, if I was a fan and there was a big uh, jersey and it didn't have my team's logo on it, just some corporate logo, I don't want anything to do with it. Hey, me either. Well, well, I agree yep. with Charles. I completely agree with Charles. And I completely agree with you. If Charles buys a soccer jersey, I'm kicking him off the podcast. I'm not okay, worried because I'm not buying a soccer jersey. Don't worry. I, I'm, I, I'm going to kick anybody off the podcast that buys a soccer jersey. And that it would include me. Have that great. Okay? Just one of it. Throw that out there right now. Okay? No soccer jerseys. No talking about Montreal Expos. No. Enough. We're, this is the CFL, bro. We're going to keep it that way. Okay, I don't know if we have enough time for this next one. Uh, the Alliance, Alliance League of American Football said that they are going to allocate players based on where they – enough of that. There's a new league starting up next year. It's going to start in February. It's going to finish in April. It's called the Alliance League of – or Alliance of Football, uh, American Football, whatever. Minimum salary is $84,000 U.S. Canadian football players cannot play in this league, even though um, it does not cross with the CFL because they're under contract and it's an exclusive contract. You're not allowed to play another league even uh, to do that. So um, do we believe that the free agents are going to go to this new league because of the doing that? Well, are they going to pick up the, the better quality rookies, shall we say? Or is it going to be harder for the CFL to acquire veterans from the NFL or from the NCAA when they're going after this this sport? Um, hard to say. I mean, once they finish with the Alliance League of 
America and they're free agents in April, they could sign with a CFL team and play with that. But mm-hmm. if they're under CFL contract for two years as a rookie, they are not allowed to leave that contract. They're not allowed to play again next year in this league. Uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, they're also allocating players to the team, which is what this point was, uh, based on where they played college football. So if you played college football in L.A., at UCLA, then or USC, then you're going to be playing in the Los Angeles team or New York or whatever, purport, proportionately to wherever that is, wherever the teams are going to play. I don't know how – I've never seen anything about this league until this today. Uh, then it goes to any previous um, NFL experience or CFL experience for that matter. Yep. And that one confused the shit out of me. Have you had CFL experience? It, you're going to get allocated to a team in Canada. I don't think there's a team in Canada. How's that going to work? Um, no, it's and then like the BC Lions, you play for them, you get allocated to San Diego because you're on the West Coast. Oh, that San Diego's really close to Vancouver. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. And then uh then if it's uh if you have not got any NFL or CFL experience and there's not a uh you you didn't play um college football close by one of the cities like you played in in, in wherever and um then it's a free for all. Any any team could pick you up. Oh my good lord. Who makes this shit up? You know, I seriously I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't just – this couldn't be a pretend article. Okay. Uh, what time is it here? Will, you're on top of my clock. There's three minutes yeah, left. Three minutes. Tell me what you, want, what you think of this real quick, Charles. Is this thing going to survive? They actually have some good people with a lot of football experience, but, um, you know, we've seen so many. Um, and the other good thing is they don't have idiots like Donald Trump or Vince McMahon running it. But uh, I'm still very wait and see because I've heard this from football leagues in the past and it went nowhere. So uh, I'm still not convinced. Will? You know what? There's not enough time to talk about this. Sorry. Got a lot to say about this. You got a lot to say? Okay. You know what? Let's just hold it over. We can hold it over until Wednesday. Let's hold it over until Mark's back and everybody else. Hopefully Chris is going to come in there and get his two cents worth in it then because we're under two minutes on this one. This is the three-minute warning. They got played at a minute and a half. Oh, my good Lord. How does that happen? Totally incompetent. Uh, okay, let's wrap this one up. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 263. The blog talk bitch just told me it's 90 seconds. Um, hey, yeah, I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and uh, it's been my honor to talk football with you. And uh, shout-outs to whoever out there is listening to me, okay? Anybody out there who is listening. And uh, big shout-out to you. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday when we preview this week's coming up. Uh, we got one minute left in the show. Charles, say goodnight. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Awesome. Chris, say goodnight. Good night. Good night, everybody. Again, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you on Wednesday. It's all about football. Let's talk some football. football. William, William, we still got oh, 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 45 seconds left. What are we going to talk about for the next 45 seconds? Say goodnight. Good night. Good night, everybody. 
and watch or listen to us on Wednesday. And just for just for Mark, uh, shits and giggles. Bombers suck. Oh, bombers suck. Do they ever, man? How do you how do you play that? How does that happen? You know, like seriously, how do you get twenty points scored on you without answer responding in any way, shape, or form? Twenty points. Whoa. Epic collapse. Epic. Epic. Love it. Hey, good night, everybody. Take care. Cheers. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.